Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Brooklyn Nets started off the season as potential title contenders. Then they traded their superstars away. And yet, they still have a chance to avoid the play-in. Also, the Dallas Mavericks train wreck may be coming to an end, and the Ravens may have Lamar Jackson's replacement in this draft. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. You may have missed it because Kyrie Irving is not making headlines and Kevin Durant is not making jump shots, but the Brooklyn Nets sit at sixth in the Eastern Conference, a game and a half up on the Miami Heat after beating the Detroit Pistons 123-108. to They are firmly out of the play-in right now. Adam Armbrecht from Locked On Nets joins me now. And, and Adam, uh, I think the question for a lot of people who have not been paying close attention, which is probably more people than before, um, to the Nets, is how are they doing it? I mean, listen, the uh, Brooklyn Nets faithful fan base is still riding strong, not only with this team, but also with the Locked On Nets podcast. So how dare you, sir? Sorry to for laughing. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, you know, it's funny. They are dangerously close to being a 500 basketball team in the post Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving era. So, you know, the idea that they had plenty of wins built up before they made those trades, that's part of how they're doing it, right? Because they've laid some goose eggs against the Orlando Magic. They've also beaten the Miami Heat. They beat the Boston Celtics in the post-superstar era as well. And I think mostly what we're seeing here is a team under Jacques Vaughn that is trying to find its continuity. And at the forefront of that has been Mikael Bridges, Mm. who since being traded from the Phoenix Suns in the Kevin Durant deal to Brooklyn, has suddenly emerged as a guy that could be and has been in his time with Brooklyn a top 10 scorer in the league. So all of a sudden you look and say, Is he an upper echelon, top three, top four, top five player? Certainly not yet at this point of his career. But his prime has a much higher ceiling than I think Phoenix ever afforded him the ability to showcase. The other thing that this trade afforded the Nets is they are now flush with exactly the kind of players that every team wants. Wings, who can shoot it, who can defend. This is a very versatile team in that regard. But they don't have... Uh, the superstars, because that's who they traded away. It does seem to me, though, that they are going to be in prime position. Then you make a nice little playoff run here. Just get to the playoffs. All of a sudden, they could be, ironically, a superstar trade away from being a real factor in the Eastern Conference. Where uh, Time is a flat circle, Adam. We, uh, we had this funny discussion on the podcast, Doug Norrie and myself, where it was, ironically, the thing that the Brooklyn Nets built themselves up to be attractive to superstars that ultimately unraveled whatever they had built themselves up to be as an organization, ended up returning the capital you may need (laughs) to have players. Yeah, so and you're right. Like It's this very weird, you know, the last four-plus seasons have been absolutely insane if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. And yet, you mentioned all the draft capital. They're going to come out of, by the way, this Detroit Pistons game. Spencer Dinwiddie had 10 assists in the first quarter. Joe Harris had six three-pointers in the first quarter. They have a lot of valuable veteran assets that will be very attractive to deep playoff teams next year. Guys that are either on expiring contracts, guys that are on team-friendly deals. So Sean Marks, Joe Sy, the Brooklyn Nets organization are going to have a lot of avenues to go. I think the real question is how quickly will they try to add additional pieces around Mikhail Bridges, around Cam Johnson, his contract looms in the offseason as well, or 
Well, there'll still be a little bit of that shell shock coming out of the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving era where they say, let's get ourselves back to neutral here a little bit. Let's go into next season and then start to reevaluate where we are in the pecking order at the deadline. I think in the in the immediate term, though, it looks like they're basically a shoe in to be in the playoffs. The question is, yes. are they going to be in the play in or the actual playoffs? Which leads me to how annoying can this team make it if they're, let's say, if you're there in a three six with with Philly? Yeah, it's interesting. I think we've, we've pretty much said, you know, New York has locked up the fifth seed. So that was off the table and felt like it was already for the last handful of games. The sixth seed. It feels like a foregone conclusion that they'll get there. Their magic number is one. Miami will play on Thursday night. A loss by them gets the Brooklyn Nets that sixth seed. In a matchup, like you mentioned with the Philadelphia 76ers, listen, Doug and I disagree on this. Like, I I think there is a world where the Brooklyn Nets can steal a game and maybe even be in a couple more. So in the old, are they going on a deep playoff run? No. But... I think when they come out and the ball first tips off, when things go right for them, and that means being able to lock in defensively, which they do about 75% of the time in most (laughs) games right now, and when the three-point shot is falling, which is as critical to this team as much as it's important for every NBA team, this team needs the perimeter shots to fall. They have so many guys that can do it. It opens up the interior for players like Nick Claxton, who has been fantastic, but is also not the biggest, quote, big in the NBA. So, so much is predicated on that success. I think some games can just come out where if they're in rhythm and Mikael Bridges is finding his shot and Spencer Dinwiddie is treating himself like a full-blown point guard on this version of the Brooklyn Nets, they can take a game. And then I think there can be a couple more in a series against Philadelphia where you say, wow, that was a lot closer than we anticipated. And this playoff experience is pretty critical for this new group. Stay up to date all year on the Brooklyn Nets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Nets on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, where did it all go wrong for the Dallas Mavericks this season, although they did win last night? Before we answer that, the Warriors announced when Andrew Wiggins will be back. We're in the final stretch of the NBA season, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will win the NBA championship. Or you can check out the matchup of the Miami Heat, and the Philadelphia 76ers. FanDuel has Joel Embiid and company favored by four at home on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up and make every moment more with FanDuel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Golden State Warriors welcomed Andrew Wiggins back to the team on Tuesday, but Coach Steve Kerr announced he would not play the final two regular season games. Speaking on 95.7 The Games, Willard and Dibbs, Kerr said, he'll continue to work and he'll ramp it up pretty quickly. Should the Warriors avoid the play-in tournament, it would give Wiggins an extra week to get ready. Wiggins hasn't played since February 13th. He worked with a trainer during his time away from the team, but must be cleared by the Warriors' training staff before actually getting back on the floor. The Milwaukee Bucks locked up the number one seed in the East on Wednesday, and they did it without Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
Trailing by 10 points early in the third quarter, it looked like the Bucks could be in some trouble, but they rally to pick up a big win over the Chicago Bulls at home and lock in the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and the best record in the NBA overall to ensure they will have home court as long as they are in the NBA postseason. My name is Kane Pippen. I'm the host of the Lockdown Bucks podcast. No Giannis tonight. A couple of other injuries lingering around this team, so they relied on the depth to beat the Bulls. You get 27 from Bowie Porters, 26 from Brook Lopez, 20 points and 15 assists from Drew Holiday as well. Some excellent defense from Wesley Matthews and Jay Crowder to limit DeMar DeRozan. This is a veteran Bucks team that has contributors right down the roster. Now, there is a significant concern to come out of this game. Chris Middleton played only eight minutes, exited the game with right knee soreness. He looked lame after the first offensive possession of the game. So we will be on Chris Middleton watch. This was only his 33rd game of the season. So this has been a storyline throughout the year. We're going to wrap it all up on Locked on Bucks. The Phoenix Coyotes have been working tirelessly for a while to keep the hockey team in town, but it just seems like every time they're close, the goalposts get moved. Now they're suing the city for $2.3 billion in response to a legal filing they made on March 27th. The Coyotes and Bluebird Development had come up with a plan for the Tempe Entertainment District, which would include a new home arena for the Coyotes, as well as commercial developments and multifamily housing. Phoenix asked in its legal filing to rescind Tempe's recent zoning and land use changes in an area the FAA says is incompatible with residential development due to noise. And on the diamond, the Boston Red Sox got swept at home by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know about you, but I know I'm happy that Red Sox Pirates series came to an end on Wednesday. Hey, it's Lauren from Locked On Red Sox, and Boston was swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Tuesday and Wednesday's games just did not feature the offense that Red Sox fans have been used to seeing for the last few games. Some sloppy defense and overall just not good baseball from the Red Sox. Jake and I are going to break down both Tuesday and Wednesday's games. We're going to break down the pitching. Corey Kluber and Nick Pavetta starts the sloppy defense. The what in the world was that kind of play in Wednesday's game with Raphael Devers and O'Neill Cruz colliding at third base. We got you covered on our next episode of Locked on Red Sox. Here is another story you need to know. The Mavericks season was going so well that there was talk of sitting Luka, of trying to go get a lottery pick. And just when you thought, just when you thought they were (laughs) dead, they go out and they beat the Sacramento Kings to keep hope alive of the play-in on the same day that Mark Cuban blames Jalen Brunson's dad for Jalen Brunson walking out of town, calls Kyrie Irving the priority of the offseason. Nick Angstead who it's never a dull moment in Dallas, uh, locked on Mavericks. And and Nick, I, I just feel like every time we talk now, it's just what's going on? Can you just tell me what's going on? And I, I hate to be here again, but like, what's going on? Yeah, Peter, the status of, of the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas right now is... It's great. It's great, dude. Dude, it's great. It's great. It's great, broski. Bro, name it. It's great. It's great. It's great, bro. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. That is, of course, Kyrie Irving on his Twitch stream, which, you know, is another thing that just happens on a, on a general day because the Dallas Mavericks. You're the Dallas Mavericks now. But yeah, what a day. I mean, Lockdown Mavs, we're going to split this into like multiple episodes just for what happened on today, like April 5th. Like, just the craziness. Mavericks get a win against the Kings. They're playing hope still a lot, still are alive. And Mark Cuban speaks to the media for his now yearly, which used to be 
every game before the game, he would talk to the media. And now it's just like a once a year kind of deal that he does and said all those different things. Uh, then he had, of course, you said like the Tim Hardaway Jr. story where Tim Hardaway Sr. went on a podcast and said that Luca and Kyrie are not leaders. And then Tim Hardaway went to the Dallas Morning News and said, hey, uh, no, they, I, I don't believe this at all. Like I, I denounce what my dad says. I, <laughs> I, do, I do not denounce my father's name, I guess, because it is his name. But I denounce everything he says. And then, uh, yeah, they are leaders and we're happy with, with that. And everything that I've said and, and done on the court has shown that these guys are leaders and all that. So uh, it's slow news day, I guess. It is a, a lot to take in. What, do you, what did you make of this idea of, hey, actually the smart thing to do for Dallas is to actually wind up with that lottery pick because otherwise, especially if you're going to pay Kyrie Irving, this team does not have many options to get better. If you are somebody, if you're a fan and lots of fans, many fans today came up to me and said, I hope we lose this game. I'm like, wow, this is a weird thing for a team with two all-star starters on it to, to have fans come up to me and say, I hope we lose this game to the Sacramento Kings of all, of all teams, which is just a weird, bizarro thing in the NBA this year. It's great for them light the beam and all that but if you're just if you're a fan or if you're somebody that looks at this game if you're brad pitt and Moneyball, you're like yes obviously they should do this they should they should get the tank because if they miss the plan essentially what happens is they miss the plan they have an 80 percent chance to keep their pick the other 20 percent uh it goes to the knicks back from the porzingis deal like way like two porzingis deals ago uh, right. when the mavericks acquired him if they make the play in essentially they have a nine percent chance to keep their pick and that's a big deal for the Mavericks to get a top 10 pick in this draft would be massive for them because, and I agree with that, those fans. And I agree with the, I guess, would you call them the intellectual analytical, non, non-emotional people. <laughs> I would agree with them in this sense sure. <laughs> that uh, it is, it does make the most sense because they need those. They need an asset. They need some kind of asset to uh, uh, like upgrade this team. This team as currently constructed, you're not winning a playoff series. Like you're not winning multiple playoff series. You're not, you're maybe not even getting through the play in because they would only be the 10th seed. They'd have to win multiple games just to get to the playoffs, right? The way this team plays defense, you're not good enough. Like you're just not good enough as a as a team to do that. Now, can Luca and Kyrie just win multiple games for you, get you to the playoffs, and then all of a sudden maybe win a couple games against Denver? Sure, they could do that. I just don't think this team has a, a high ceiling because of how bad the defense has been. So the the like analytical thing would be to just get try to get the pick. Now, there's the other side of this too, where what if they do shut down Luka, shut down Kyrie for these last couple of games? Kyrie can be a free agent this offseason. Right. We don't know much about Kyrie, but we know he's a flight risk and we know he's going to do what Kyrie's going to do, right? Like we know those things. And if all of a sudden that leaves a bad taste in Kyrie's mouth and he just leaves, then you lose Brunson for nothing one year, Kyrie for nothing the next year, and you gave up stuff to get Kyrie. Like that puts the Mavericks in a situation where you're two, three years away from Luka Doncic, his contract coming up again, and you have nothing, like nothing around him. It's Jaden Hardy, who's fun, like love Jaden Hardy, and Josh Green, who's again, fun and young, but that's not something that you build around Luka Doncic with. Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Mavericks by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Mavericks on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the perfect replacement for Lamar Jackson is in this draft. The Built March Madness Tournament is over and Brownie Batter Puff won 
Coconut Puff got robbed, but I do love the brownie batter puff. Head over to Built.com to snag a box of the best Built has to offer. Make a mix box of 12 bars and find your favorite. You can use promo code LOCKEDON15 at checkout to save on your next order. You can also head to your nearest Walmart and find a four-bar box in the pharmacy section or grab a 12-bar box at Sam's Club. You know the stats. Low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein, and covered in 100% real chocolate. Perfect for post-workout, something for in-between, or if you just need that quick pick-me-up on the go. I actually have mine before I work out. So don't wait. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 or head to Walmart or Sam's Club near you to pick up a box or two or three. They'll thank me later. Lamar Jackson seems like he's on his way out, but as Locked On Ravens host Kevin Ostriker points out, his perfect replacement is in the upcoming draft. To me, this would be Lamar Jackson leaves in a trade or even the offer sheet. I know I'd prefer a trade if I'm the Ravens, but if this is an offer sheet type deal where the Ravens are able to get a top five pick, the Colts are kind of that that team where you're looking at four. So that would be the option. I, I wouldn't expect the Ravens to make a move from 22 up to four or up to three and give up multiple firsts. They don't even have a second to trade. So realistically, it would be 22, probably a third, two firsts, or maybe one first, and probably a couple other mid-round picks either this year or next year. So that's the that's to me where Richardson, I like I would not draft Anthony Richardson if Lamar is still on the team. I think you know, having Lamar and Anthony Richardson there are just there are just too many other needs that you have right now. I think. Richardson could be a Lamar Jackson replacement, uh, a pivot, the better word there. But again, it's an intriguing possibility. And I think that he could be this perfect pivot option because I'm assuming CJ Stroud's going number one. I would assume Bryce Young is going two. I don't know where Will Levis is going. Four quarterbacks could be taken in the first four picks. I'm not a super big Will Levis guy personally. I I like the three other guys better than Will Levis. But to me, Richardson is a, is a solid option for them. I think he could also win you games now with the defense. The Ravens have like who, who wins you more games next year, Lamar Jackson or Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson's your answer. But I do think Anthony Richardson can do enough. I think he would be an upgrade over a Tyler Huntley who still has, you know, Huntley has a starting experience at the NFL level. I think Richardson could still give you more at that position. So I, I would be excited if the Ravens were to go that route. I still prefer Lamar back in Baltimore, but if there were to be a pivot option, I think that Anthony Richardson would be a potential perfect one. Anthony Richardson is the perfect Lamar Jackson replacement. You don't really even have to change the offense very much. And you're getting a guy who's even bigger and potentially better suited to take the rigors of NFL hits as a running quarterback in Anthony Richardson. But this only works if you get the Colts to bite. This only works if you get a team that can put you in position to draft Anthony Richardson. And even then, we run into the problem where Anthony Richardson could be anything. He could even be as good as Lamar Jackson. But chances are he probably won't be. So maybe, just spitballing here, maybe you pay one of the best quarterbacks in the league what he is asking or something close to it. And you figure this all out. But instead, the Ravens PR people are shushing reporters and asking them not to talk about Lamar Jackson at press conferences, even when questions are relevant to the draft for exactly this reason. This is a franchise that was once held up as the standard in the NFL for how you conduct business. And it seems like right now, 
they are screwing this up in just about every way possible. And finally, who doesn't love a good relic? How about one from Babe Ruth? Hunt Auctions just announced the private sale of a bat used by Babe Ruth in 1920-1921 for $1.85 million, a record price for a baseball bat. Because it's a baseball bat. According to Hunt Auctions, the new record holder is the only known example to offer photographic corroboration. The Polo Grounds bat, as it's colloquially known for the stadium the New York Yankees played their home games in until 1922, is matched to a 1921 photo of Ruth swinging it. It's a baseball bat, but it was Babe's bat after all. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, which Western Conference bubble team will avoid the play-in? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.